Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, Halima. Hi, Yoni. And hello to the listeners. Welcome to the Polyester Podcast. I'm Naomi, and I'm the founding editor-in-chief of Polyester and the author of Poor Little Sick Girls. And I'm Halima, the community editor of Polyester Zine and the co-host of the Polyester Podcast. This is The Sleepover Club, a feminist pop culture podcast where we pull apart the hashtag discourse in the hope of making some sense of it all. Before we get started, please like, rate, review and subscribe. Do you have any reviews this week, Ayoni? Oh my God, yeah. I was just saying to Halima off cam that we have so many. Let's start with this one. Oh my god, why have I only just now found this podcast? Five stars. Hi guys, I just started listening to the Polyester podcast last week when I was feeling nostalgic about It Girls and confused about the new It Girls. Oh, the new That Girls. Anyway, I'm so glad to have come across this podcast. It is exactly what I had wanted to find and craved for such a long time. Love your easy banter and inquisitive approach, and especially that you aren't afraid to speak your minds and share your honest opinions on such diverse topics. I'm slowly making my way through all the polyester podcast episodes and I'm loving every single one. Thank you so much for creating it. Lots of love, Sarafina. I hope I said that right, but thank you so much, Sarafina. Thank you. From Germany. I love that. Um, I love that they were trying to discover who the new it girls, that girls were. Did you see in the location of the latest podcast posts, I put poor little it girl. Did you? Oh (laughs) my God. (laughs) Unless I was like, I need to put it there. (laughs) That's so good. Yeah. Thank you, Halima, for interviewing me last week. If you have your copy of the book, let us know what you think. And there's a picture of you with it. Yeah. That'd be cute. Yeah. That would be so cute. I would love to see it. So, Halima, what are we talking about today? We're talking about the Herd versus Depp case that has been all over social media. So there's a couple of reasons we're talking about this. I think it's something that, like, not only in this podcast, (laughs) but in my life, I've been trying to avoid for as long as possible. It just feels like the internet, the internet around it, the internet around it, but, like, everyone's opinions on the internet around it are so toxic. Um, but it kind of felt like enough was enough. Lol. Yeah. But then also we were looking at some of the feedback from you guys and it said you wanted to hear us more on current top, like current affairs. So here you go, baby. <laughs> I saw this great tweet about it when, uh, by Michael Hobbs and he goes, I noticed a weird reluctance on the part of liberal journalists to assess the evidence in the Johnny Depp versus Heard case. The right has spent weeks screaming that she's a liar and so far the left has responded with it's complicated mm. when it's actually very much not. And I think we actually have a responsibility, especially since this is this very much seems like a like a Me Too backlash to make yeah. sure that we are supporting Amber Heard and being 
very loud and in support of people who are quote unquote imperfect victims of abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we have a responsibility, but also like people have fucking terrible takes on this. So I think it's only <laughs> right that we speak about this topic. Yeah, I saw in your research that there was like a tweet from the Team Vogue News and Politics editor saying, I unfortunately have to write about Amber Heard because you are all terrible people. About <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, That's us. That's exactly what we're discussing. <laughs> It's so, and also I feel like the tipping, so, okay, wait, before we actually get into it, Halima, do you want to do a quick rundown of where we are at, just in case anyone in the world doesn't know what's going on? Okay, so in 2020, um, actually, this is a different one, but I guess, wait, I don't know, the, I actually don't, I should have wrote this in, in the notes, the beginning of this, I guess, who, who accused who first? I don't know. So it was basically from my memory, um, but basically, like, they announced divorce. Mm-hmm. I think that was in 2016 quite a long time ago now anyway and then in 2018 I think it was Amber Heard wrote an op-ed for Washington Post was it or was it Huff Post one of the oh, two. Washington Post you're right and basically like stated that she was a survivor of domestic abuse but and obviously also like massive TW for domestic abuse um, and violence against women in this whole episode but she didn't name Depp mm-hmm. but the tabloids picked it up everywhere all around the world um linking it to Depp and starting like to write about it which then caused first of all Johnny Depp sued the sun which is a UK yeah. paper where we are based and that went to court last year and he lost yes um, the courts ruled that Depp abused her of 12 different on 12 different occasions so mm-hmm. he is legally an abuser they have stated that in court so then after the UK case it was I remember it kind of being spoken about at the time that if he lost the UK case he probably wouldn't bring the case in America because basically I don't have like a full understanding of like the justice system in the UK but I did learn about it a tiny bit in uni so on both counts it's about defamation of character so he sued the son at first for defamation of character which means like um, a loss of reputation kind of thing and in the UK the burden of proof is on the what's it called the defendant to prove that what they said was true so the son basically had to prove that Johnny Depp was a quote-unquote wife beater which is how they described him in order to win the case and they did so that sets the like the burden of proof is thought to be very high in the UK because it's on the defendant not on it's not on Johnny to prove that they lied it's on the son to prove that they told the truth if that Mm -hmm. makes sense whereas in the states so it's like the hardest thing you can like lose apparently like it's yours to lose a defamation case like a lot of the time it settles out of court or whatever and like as a journalist you're very much like um discouraged from putting anything out there that could be classed as defamation of character unless you do have absolute proof because it's likely you will lose basically and they didn't lose they Mm -hmm. won in america it's slightly different i don't know whether the burden of proof is on Amber or on Johnny in this case. So Johnny Depp is suing Amber Heard this time for defamation of character. And yeah, he's seeking uh, 50 million in damages. And my understanding is that he's specifically taken it to Virginia courts because they have like specific rules against like for this kind of stuff that would work in his favor. But basically, I think the burden of proof is easier to like overcome in America. But everyone kind of thought like, oh, if he loses in the UK, he won't bring it in the States, but he has. And obviously now what we're seeing is that play out and it's also being televised. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure anyone that has been on like TikTok or Twitter, I haven't actually seen 
so much of it on Instagram. Cur- no, it's the only all. seems to be the only sane place, yeah. um, which is strange. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not something we've said before. Mm. Um, then you've probably seen clips from it. Anyway, so that's my rundown, Halima. Where yeah. do we go next with this? I thought it was really weird. Like, I remember tweeting this, and I don't tweet often, um, but <laughs> I was really <laughs> surprised by how much of it I was seeing, like, scrolling through my TikTok feed, mm-hmm. like, live-streamed on YouTube. Like, I didn't get it. And I was like, have we ever seen a televised trial like this before? And I did some research on it, and I watched this video by this um, YouTube essayist and social scientist. Her name is Alice Chappelle. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about how, like, this the the way that the trial is being televised kind of links to our obsession with true crime mm. in some way like we are really i feel like and the way with the way people talk about amber they talk about her like she's not a real person like there's people like people have this detachment to true crime which allows them to enjoy it so much like yeah. people have the same thing when they when it comes to watching this child with amber Heard, like it, like it's entertainment not like her real life yeah um but she kind of goes to the, the history of um, the way people w- would watch like persecutions or things like that. And like, I, I mean, also, it made me think of the fact that in London, you can go to prisons, like, you know, yeah. you can go to prisons and you yeah. can like drink in prisons and you can wear the little uh-huh. uniforms and take pictures with your friends. First, if, I, if you do that, I think you suck. Like, it's a weird <laughs> thing for you to do. But we do have this obsession with like crime and punishment in our society. And like before we had prisons that kind of concealed like punishment punishment was public wasn't it like with the beheadings of kings and like queens all this stuff and like amber's throwing tomatoes exactly (laughs) this whole thing with amber heard very much feels like a like a public persecution um but again the one of the other famous trials that we've seen in our society is the oj trial yeah again i I wasn't alive for that but me either yeah but that was another massive one but also i think that also links to things like judge judy and george rinder and all that stuff like this idea like people just like like just the history the research behind it is really interesting because i guess in my head i was thinking i've never seen this before when in actuality we do see these kind of televised trials a lot in our society they're actually quite normalized i've just never seen them as televised before as the way i'm seeing this trial be televised yeah it's kind of um interesting because I was there's been loads of high profile court cases recently and like the reason why we're talking zooming in on this one is very different to the others I suppose also like what we accept as entertainment or not but I was like watching or listening to something or reading even I think it was an article so you know we've spoken about this on the podcast before the the Kardashians were just in court with Black China Mm -hmm. they interviewed like the court um what's it called like the court sketch artist um and she was kind of saying like oh I remember I don't know if it's specifically the OJ trial but like something when they started televising court cases me thinking oh my job's over because like why would anyone want like a drawing when they can have the whole thing mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting how our obsession is so deep that it like run like that we even still love the drawings mm. because I remember everyone was so fascinated with the Kardashian ones a couple of weeks ago because they were like oh it's like more honest than what we got get on socials or in their tv show and the fact that this is running parallel like this case is running parallel to well it was running parallel to the Kardashian case in the UK it's running parallel to the Wagatha Christie trial yeah. but also on another note it's running parallel to the HBO release of the staircase mm-hmm. which was obviously a really popular and famous true crime documentary on Netflix a few years ago and it's interesting how I don't think 
I might be wrong because of again I wasn't alive. I don't think the staircase trial was televised, but they obviously have the documentary makers. Mm-hmm. So it's like our level of in for example, these are cases I know Amber heard and Johnny Depp's a bit different because they're celebrities. But in the case of the staircase and like even the Wagatha Christie or I didn't know that much about the Kardashians ones until it literally popped up. But like the fact we would not know about these things unless there was like televised media surrounding it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. The Wagatha Christie one that I find so funny, that's the one that we should be televising. <laughs> I know. It's like we got it all wrong. We literally all wrong. Um, I know. This is just a serious topic. I feel flustered in talking about it. That's okay. I think it's interesting because how much, I don't know, I find it so confusing as well because like, I remember this has been building for like years, basically. And I feel like the first time when I became aware of like Johnny Depp, like going off the rails or whatever, was, I can't remember what year it was, but he did like a GQ article. And I think it was post-divorce. They definitely weren't still together anymore. They did a GQ cover and it was basically like oh I was sent to interview Johnny Depp and all this like mad stuff happened because yeah he was just like high all the time or drinking he lived in like a ruined mansion in Notting Hill and like all of these kind of things and I feel like it's been kind of building since then and it's interesting because I feel like there are some parallels and I don't know if this is like really uncalled for or stretch but in the way the internet is operating, I find there to be a lot of parallels with the, um, what are they called? Basically TERFs. Like, I can't remember what gender, mm. what they call gender critics or whatever they call themselves. Yeah. In that, like, you know how once it was shown that, like, out of 7,000 tweets that were, like, transphobic, they came from, like, 10 accounts. And it was very much giving me that vibe, like, this kind of, like, bot situation that was set up. But it feels like that's only grown into something that's real like whereas it kind of felt like this weird like hyper reality situation that maybe wasn't so as encompassing as the internet made it seem mm-hmm. now I feel like it actually definitely is and the fact I think the tipping point for me to realize like oh not that this has gone too far because it's always been too far but as in like this is like a cultural phenomenon that none of us can escape from was bloody Jolingo commenting. Oh my fucking god, that was crazy. The like a TikTok last week. But even the makeup brand that Amber used to cover up her bruises were like disputing her claims. I remember as well. that. Yeah, I like, that's fucking that. freaky. Yeah, it's it's. I just find it weird the link because I guess people again see this as entertainment. They don't see this as a woman's. Like, again, trigger warning for, you know, sexual assault and all stuff. Amber Heard has literally accused him of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Like, this is very fucking serious. So it's so weird that this has become the territory of, and I keep saying true crime, but it has come into that territory where people are so detached from the fact that this is real. And I just find it weird, the hold, and I'm not trying to, like, reduce it to this, but the hold that white men have on so many people. Mm. There On that article you sent me, you sent me an article that it was, by like your tango and the person was talking about how so many young people are on the side of Depp Mm. and I was thinking because again talking about how he's so good looking and he's so hot and I was thinking I wrote my notes that I find a word that they're saying that it's particularly teens because on my Twitter feed I'm seeing a lot of adults be the ones who are being like oh John Depp is so hot or when Amber Heard was discussing like him being on top of her and being over her people acting like that was sexy like those people I was seeing were adults and I'm sure that they're both doing it but I just thought that was interesting and it reminds me of I wrote an article years ago when the show You on Netflix came out 
And it was titled, Why Why Are We Willing to Romanticize Evil Ass White Men? And Penn Badgley was talking about this a lot when it first started because a lot of people were talking about how hot um, his character was. What's his character's name again? Joe. Joe, how hot Joe was and stuff like that or whatever. And I was thinking that it, I just thought it was so weird that people hated the lead character in the first season. People hate, did you, did, did you see that discourse as well on Twitter? People hated Beck. I think they've always been like this, right? And it was the same with Love Quinn as well. It's just, yeah. People, well, I feel like the hatred for Beck was different to Love Quinn. Like, Love Quinn was a freak. I wolf you. Like, that was freaky. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, I'm a Love Quinn apologist. <laughs> I love her, to be fair, but she's a freak. <laughs> <laughs> but I just found the way people talk, spoke about Beck was super weird because it was very much like, she fucks anything she sees. Mm. Like, she's too this and that. And, like, Pen Badgie just loves her. And there was another character people were really obsessed with around that time. This one, I, this is 2019. And I used to watch Daredevil on Marvel, on, on Netflix, sorry. Um, and there's a character they had called like Poindexter or whatever. And he, again, had a similar storyline to Joe where he stalked this girl and he ended up killing her. But people were still like, oh, he's so hot. He's so cute. Like, it's weird the way people will still and I guess they're fictional but I but in the article I wrote something about how the scary thing is that our response to these fictional women is very telling to how we treat real women in the same position mm. and it's true like there's there's a weird way that people uphold white men they are sexually attracted to like it's weird well also it's like vehicles for internalized misogyny I suppose mm. it's a lot to take in but and I feel like Johnny Depp is so specific a person um for someone that was like so beloved for so long like I don't know if this is just personal to me <laughs> but it's probably not um like because the Pirates films came out when we were children you're probably a lot smaller of a child than me um and then our parents went to go see them with us my mom I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And was like fully obsessed with Johnny Depp and like you know mm. it was it was perfect casting in the sense that like our parents would have been he would have been the heartthrob when they were teenagers because yeah of the films he was in and then he became like the heartthrob second time around for being in the kids films that we enjoyed so I feel like there's a lot of endearment around people older than me like my mum's generation 
but that that transfers to my generation a bit and like thinking that he's just like innately a good guy or whatever or that mm-hmm. like he needs to be protected because he's like vulnerable because he's an addict and like whatever and no one else ever, has ever spoken badly of him and like all of this stuff because I I thought it's interesting as well I saw Ortega Uagba tweeted like basically which I didn't actually ever think but I'm sure it's like a uh like even how you described it that the right are the ones kind of defending Depp I've always kind of Mm -hmm. seen it as like a very centrist slash left-leaning thing maybe that's because I'm seeing it on my socials and on my TikTok that I would assume that those people are not right-wing because they are on my feed if that makes sense and I do think that like a lot more left-wing people than people who are like seeing what's going on would like to admit are caping for him but you think more left-wing people are actually in support of him yeah I think you're right into some regard because again kind of like what Michael was Michael Hobbs that was his name Michael Hobbs was saying is that I think too many left-leaning people are saying are being complicit and saying that it's complicated mm. instead of like having a position wait wait and, is this the Michael Hobbs that used to do your wrong about or is it the yes <laughs> uh, I just put two together okay yes. cool and it's the same thing that is a Raven Smith said for Vogue mm. like it's time for people to stop be, stop with that like lazy argument that says it's complex mm. And look at the evidence. And look at the evidence and actually make your own a decision and you and use your own critical thinking. And I think this becomes like a, a larger conversation because people like the New York Times are calling this the death of me too. Mm. And um this there's a book, there's this book called Booklash by Susan Faldi. Mm. And she argued that backlash often appears when women's equality becomes increasingly possible. And I think it's an, it's important to maybe like I I don't like the idea of framing this as a death of me too. And like I I prefer like I just, I just don't like that idea. I, it's very much um, backlash to me too, but I don't think this is the death of me. Well, too. Well, that I something think... like that can be killed is a bit of a strange way exactly. to word it. Yeah, exactly. Um, what was I saying? I just think it's, I don't know. I think that we've been seeing this happen with Me Too for a while. And I, I wrote as an, an example of um some of the, I don't know, the breakings of the Me Too movement when Joe Biden was becoming elected president um because Joe Biden was accused of sexual assault by a woman called Tara Reid. And she really wasn't given the same support as people like, um was it Christine Blasey Ford who accused Brett Kavanaugh of sexual assault? Um, she was not given the same support at all. Um, and I remember the person who, the founder of Me Too, uh, Tarana Burke, made, she made a whole tweet. And what did she say? She goes, she wrote that Biden can demonstrate what it looks like to both be accountable and electable. And obviously, like she, she wrote that she wasn't endorsing Biden, but she was saying that we do need to hold him accountable to get Trump. No, no, no. She was saying that we need to get Trump out of oh. office. Like her point was, she's like, I'm not giving him a pass and I'm not trying to endorse him, but I am saying that we don't have many options and we do have to vote Biden instead of Trump. And again, again, like I, I understand her point. I understand the complex situation that like Americans are in in that period of time against we're picking between Biden and Trump or whatever. But it's hard to not see that as a pass. giving him a pass. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like like it it was just it was difficult because obviously the Brett Kavanaugh stuff had just happened and we heard about Biden and then it's like it's very much like oh so the so the Democrats can't actually abide to what they preach because they won't go any further to to ask Joe Biden those questions but do you know what mm-hmm. I mean like it's very it, like 
the crumblings of Me Too became very apparent, I thought, during that time. Exactly. And I remember there being a few instances in which, like, I don't know, I find it very difficult. I was actually asked about this on um, a talk I did at the weekend. And because, like, obviously, it's so important that Me Too happened. And I don't know, I, I feel so weird about it in my head and I don't know how to break it down. But I just feel like even during the time, there were so many contradictions. Like, the one that I'll always remember is um, Lena Dunham being accused of, like, enabling one of her interns to be sexually assaulted by her friend. And, like, how these basically feminist women could, you know believe until they don't like believe until it's inconvenient for them believe until it interrupts like their worldview and I think Amber Heard is definitely a really good example of that and the thing that boggles my mind is that it's literally all constructed like the image of Heard we have is so delicately constructed in ways that usually like left left left-wing feminist people would feel um more intelligent than capable of falling for like I sent Halima this thread last night by Pop Culture Died in 2009, which OG Tumblers will remember. Um, now they're primarily on Twitter and like just focus on stuff, but they've been following the Depp Heard case like for a long, long time. And they basically, I don't know how it started, but they basically started to pull out like TMZ's complicity within the trial of being pro Depp, which they said was like ironic ironic's not really the right word but basically like tmc were accused of being pro amber for a long time when really like johnny depp has like strong ties and his legal team has strong ties to the people that run tmc and have been like planting this information for like this disinformation for years and years like whether it's the shit in the bed thing or the like um chop the finger off thing or like all of these inconsistencies that don't make sense and have already been proven in a British court of law to like not be the truth that is like mm. believed um but we like fall for it hook line and sinker because like the way our media can manipulate us is like so pervasive and another thing that came out over the weekend was that like Ben Shapiro's um content website was funding a lot of advertising behind like pro depth sentiments and anti-amber herd sentiments and it's just like it goes like it's so awful because it is just this one woman at the center of this and like her life must be horrible and insufferable and it must be like because they keep seeing like tweets or whatever that is like oh this is representative of so much more than her like she's become like a vessel for all anti-me too sentiment i absolutely think that's true but how fucking horrible is that it's awful um what was i gonna say did you see that clip i saw a clip on tiktok where johnny depp stands literally dressed as him as the from the fucking pirate movies outside like waiting for amber heard to leave the courts like waiting for her to like boo her and shit like that's fucking crazy no. and like it just like like i don't know there was an article in the guardian by what's her name is it? i think it's martha gill mm-hmm. yeah martha gill and she wrote that me too is me too is over if we don't listen to imperfect victims like Amber Heard. And I feel like people's like, I feel like people have a very, have one image of what a victim looks like. And it's somebody who does like, I guess, I, I guess in some ways I think it may, maybe it's a bit like sex is like this idea that, that a victim is passive or doesn't, or I don't know, like people have an, like, this idea of this like perfect victim, but like the idea that Amber Heard, like there's evidence that Amber Heard did 
I don't know, fight back to something. And I and I hundred percent believe that there's a power imbalance within that relationship. Like Amber was twenty five when she mm-hmm. entered that relationship with Johnny Depp. This motherfucker was an old man. He's old. Like <laughs> there was a major power imbalance in that relationship. But I think it's interesting that what you're saying about like the stereotype of a victim slash like survivors. I mean, even like mm-hmm. the semantics of saying victim v survivor or whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? But in mm-hmm. that like Johnny fits like Johnny has sculpted his image to be the perfect victim like quiet meek someone was at like the wrath of a powerful woman who was like using him to further her career and like blah 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 and it's horror it's like scary because Mm -hmm. especially and it feels so frustrating that so many of these frameworks frustrating is maybe the wrong word but it feels like such it kind of feels like a disconnect that basically all of the examples and frameworks we are navigating for um like victim survivor narratives are based around the entertainment industry because of me too but i saw that basically harvey weinstein also considered constructing a similar defense like on the fact that he was being used by the women Uh to make gains in their career and i saw that also with marilyn manson and evan rachel would like they were saying she was a nobody like the only thing she's ever been known for is dating marilyn manson and then so this is like the second curtain call for her kind of thing to Mm -hmm. raise her profile and i think it plays into like a lot of insecurities and rhetoric that like we still harbor about women in our society like that men are being used and also feeds into like you know incel incel like dialogue and like all of the like these people are so clever like we think we're a lot of the people that are kind of playing in like that are supporting or just talking about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp basically think that we're witnessing something that's like true and honest and I genuinely think that like court and fights in court it's just like who can tell the most compelling truth yeah i also like i feel like even like johnny depp's fucking annoying ass lawyer who's trying to like manipulate the fact she's a woman and like all of these things is so purposeful like i Mm -hmm. i see they've made her like a slay queen got a boss people are like look at the way she just destroyed amber heard even though she's saying bullshit nonsense (laughs) i just find it i just it's just annoying because it just feels like I guess backlash is part of any feminist movement, but it just it does just feel like we are somehow going backwards because again, like Me Too was has always been about like the fact that like I don't know, like Me Too has always been about about the fact of supporting all women. That's that's in mm. the name, isn't it? Me mm. too, all of us. Like it's not just the ones who have like a perfect, delicate story yeah. that makes sense. Like I, I, it links, I think it links also to the, like, the ideas of consent. Con- consent is really complex. Yeah. And I think the cases of domestic abuse are complex. Yeah. And I think that we have a responsibility to support women, even in the most complex of situations, mm-hmm. and believe when they say they've been abused and not let these awful fucking ugly white men get away with this shit. And again, that's, that's not just, that's not to say that it's only like white men, but <laughs> yeah. there, is, there seems to be a pattern of us just like defending and supporting white men purely based on the fact that like, we like the way they look and and do you know what I mean I don't know yeah exactly and I think it just like I think it's like sad for many reasons like it's sad because essentially yeah like a single person has found themselves at the beginning at the center of like perhaps one of the most aggressive like backlashes of anything that yeah in so many ways isn't about her but for her it's her do you know what I mean and like also Johnny Depp literally said that he's gonna try and embarrass her doing this whole thing like if she takes him to court he will try and embarrass her or do whatever and he's like 
people have allowed that to come into fruition because they're idiots. Yeah, and also all the texts between him and that other actor, I can't remember what he's called. Also, it's that's that fella from One Division. One Division's fella. That's disgusting. Like <laughs> that pisses me off. I know. I know. <laughs> those texts are vile, by the way. Anybody who supports Johnny Depp and has read those texts, you're vile. Those texts are really disgusting. And also, but the thing is, we just like it. Uh, it speaks to what you were saying, like those texts the fact that he can say in court oh it was a joke or whatever and they go oh, oh, oh okay God. that's fine you know that's all good is just like it speaks to the amount of aggressive behavior we accept from like men and other patriarchal figures and then the extent to which we allow women and other marginalized communities to be thrown under the bus to uphold like this narrative that men can do no wrong also i find it's very like pick me behavior the girls who are like i support that because like some women are liars like you're a fucking pick me and you're not actually like doing anything to help like you're like I, i'm confused to like like what, what like what you gain from from doing that yeah it's absolutely it is like i'm trying to seem fucking edgy like you're not gaining anything it's definitely pick me behavior <laughs> it's such a bad pick me behavior it's also just sad because like we're already seeing with Marilyn Manson trying to sue Rachel for defamation mm-hmm. as well. Like I, like it's sad to see that men are are finding like courage or hope in what Johnny is doing, which is disgusting. Exactly, and I think it does it. It essentially like allows the abuse to continue, and to, like what you said about the embarrassment. Basically, like if a man takes a woman to court, it uh, the power imbalance is immediately off because of like how justice systems work. But then B, it forces that woman back into a situation with their abuser. Also, it's kind of like, now we're seeing this, what are like, abuse, like victims of abuse meant to do? Like, it seems easier to, to just be quiet mm. now because like the way people are talking about, and I guess it's the same thing people are saying on Twitter, like Amber Heard won't see your tweets, but the actual victims of abuse do mm. see what you're saying. And it does have some like a significant negative effect and whether people choose to speak up or or stay silent yeah i saw a tweet which i think is a good note to end on uh which is just like depressing that this whole thing is depressing but it's basically like oh i can't wait for in five years when they had when like amber heard has her britney documentary moment and everyone is like how did we not notice this before when they were the ones like taking the depth throughout the whole thing I think everybody has a responsibility to to speak up about this and and not be like passive about it. And I guess like it can feel weird because I guess they're celebrities and it's like why would I speak when they have blah blah. blah. Like I, like again as you said, this is about Amber, but it's also like bigger mm-hmm. than Amber. If that makes sense. So I, I do think you have a responsibility. And I think it's to, that, like even if you don't want to speak support. about a specific case such as this one, that you have to check how you are behaving towards people that are maybe in these situations or how you operate in your life that makes people feel comfortable or uncomfortable in open like not just opening up to you but in like being honest about their experiences in the world like are you contributing to that in a negative way a positive way or potentially a neutral way and what do you want to do Mm-hmm. Also, progress is not linear. So, as we said, backlash happens when when women and feminine feminist causes are always close to progress. So, as sad as this as this feels, I think this is part of revolution, if that makes sense, or part of of progress yeah. to to have this backlash. Doesn't mean that it's over. Doesn't mean that the like yeah, it doesn't mean we the, can just the lie down. That made, yeah, it doesn't mean the strides that were made are are null and void mm-hmm. now. If that makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent. Trying to end in a hopeful note. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, Halima. I can't wait to get absolutely destroyed by the debt box in the comments section. (sighs) 
Yeah. Oh, well, everybody speak up and speak out. <laughs> we will see you next week. Thank you for listening. And thank you to Gina, Gina, Charlotte, Eden, Olivia, of course, for editing this episode. Love you, Olivia. Um, is that it? Yeah, Olivia makes me sound so smart in these episodes. Thank you for editing me so well. No, it's just how you sound, hon. Mm. <laughs> All right. See you later. Bye.